Offensive line play is one of the least understood aspects of football with a lot of fans really having absolutely no idea what is going on when they look at offensive lines. Today, on the Wednesday Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast, we're going to dig into that with one of our newest writers, uh, taking a look at a Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman who is one of his candidates to break out this season. Today's show is brought to you by Crossover Football, giving coaches the ability to break down game film to pull stats, searchable clips, tendency reports, and much more from both desktop and mobile solutions. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon, and you get one free breakdown if you sign up today. Mark, hope you're doing well. I know uh, we're, we're midway through the week at this point, and we've got some pretty cool stuff that we're chatting about today. We do, and you mentioned at the outset, you know, that maybe some fans don't quite understand the nuances of offensive line play. Well, I can tell you from personal experience, quarterbacks sometimes miss that as well, so I'm excited to learn here today. You're telling me that even though, you know, you spend most of your waking hours on a football field with your hands nestled tightly in your centers behind. You, you don't understand what's going on there? Look, I've long told anybody that would listen to me, the smartest people on the field are the offensive linemen because they have to know incredible amounts of information and process it so quickly that they they always impressed me. So there, uh, there's, my, there's my little spiel about how much I love offensive linemen. And I'll tell you what, they also have to do it while there's someone just as big and strong as them three feet away ready to knock them on their ass. So It's not an easy gig. They got to be dealing with that every single day. We are joined today by Brandon Thorne, uh, one of our newest writers at Inside the Pylon, but probably one of our oldest friends going back geez probably over a year now uh brandon appreciate you joining us today yeah guys i'm thrilled to be here man i'm so excited to to officially be a part of inside the pylon after contributing you know here and there over the last year plus and um i'm just you know really ready to hit the ground running and just help you guys build something great so i'm just happy to be here man well, I, I can tell you we're pretty excited to have you on board, too, and I really do want to dig into this piece that you have. It's on Chief Center Mitch Morse. Uh, it's titled Under the Microscope, Chief Center Mitch Morse, and talk to me about how you decided to profile him to begin with. What was it that initially caught your eye that wanted that really got you itching to write this piece? Yeah, well, you know, I'm going to name drop somebody here, uh, Duke Mannyweather, um, offensive line guy, you know, that... Twitter circles are pretty familiar with um, me and him. You know, we talked throughout the year um, during football season. I pass along some guys that have impressed me. He passes along some guys that have impressed him. And uh, Mitch Morse was a guy that really impressed him. Um, and he told me about him probably three or four months ago. And, you know, the, the season was over at that time. And I, you know, I was just kind of reviewing, reviewing the year and um, finally got around to look at Morse and, just was really impressed by him. And, you know, he gave me a list of four or five centers and Morse was the guy who stood out most to me. And then when I did further background on him, I was even more impressed just because of, you know, his situation coming out of Missouri, you know, he played offensive tackle and offensive guard the last two years in college. I uh, played center three years ago, but um, he went from left tackle to center um, as a rookie in the NFL and that's a huge jump. That's a totally different position in a lot of ways, um, stemming all the way from the stance to 
to um, the way you block people and just the elimination of space because you're so far in there. And you just got to be really smart to do that. And it's, I can't really recall another guy that I remember doing that in recent times that I've been studying offensive line. So I was really intrigued by that. Um, and then as I got further along into the tape, you know, I just kept getting more and more impressed with this guy. I mean, he has the athleticism of a tackle, but he's inside a guard and he has the smarts and the mental processing of a really good guard. So I was just, you know, I really wanted to take a deeper look um, as as to why I think he's so special. And I think he's just going to continue to to really make a name for himself. Brandon, let's start with the stance, because as you point out of the piece, which is absolutely incredible, top notch work. This stance is very for an offensive lineman from position to a position. So can you kind of address the differences in the stance from, you know, a center to a tackle and talk a little bit about how, you know, Morse had to make some adjustments as he moves along the offensive line? Sure. Yeah. Well, a little background on, you know, me really analyzing the stance and how I'm going to keep doing that uh, moving forward for you guys. Um, I went to LaCharles Bentley's offensive line clinic um, down in Phoenix uh, this past June. And actually, excuse me, it was this past May. It was his first one ever. Um, You know, it was free. It was incredible. You just had to get down there. And uh, anyway, you know, uh, I won't go into the details of it. It was was an incredible experience. But one of the main things that LaCharles hit on was the stance and how that's probably the most overlooked aspect of offensive line play and you could really tell a lot by a player and you can really tell a lot about what's going to happen on a particular play based on the way that the guy is in his stance so kind of the basics and I touch on it in the piece you know I use Kyle Long as the kind of prototypical example of a good stance Um, you know that's the Charles Bentley product you know he's been training Kyle Long for a long time so he kind of exemplifies um, how it's supposed to look so you know, I kind of approached the stance from LaCharles' perspective. You know, he's kind of, I don't want to say I'm, you know, his protege necessarily, but I've, he's taught me a lot of what I know, and I've really worked to apply it to all my evaluations because I feel like he's the best, you know, and I've, and thankfully, you know, he's taken me under his wing in a lot of ways and really kind of guided me along and corrected me and things like that. So, so anyway, you know, I use Kyle Long and kind of the basis of it, you know, for an offensive tackle and offensive guard, they're kind of in similar stances. Um, if you look at the back leg, um, it's supposed to be um, the way that it's taught at OLP, offensive line performance, is that back leg is supposed to be starting from the foot. Um, you call it the 345s, and it's really the, the toes, the tibia, and the knee are supposed to be at a 45 degree angle as you come down in your stance. And that's going to allow you to play from a position of power throughout the entire play, because it, the way that it aligns your hips and um, it just sets you up for success basically. And if your toes are pointed forward, you lose a lot of power from the ground because um, the best way I can explain it, Charles had me actually come up, you know, in front of everybody at the clinic and, he had me get in the two different stances, one with my toes pointed forward, one one with my toes at a 45-degree angle, and you just have such a better base. You're so much stronger and more balanced. And he came up next to me and pushed me pretty hard, and I barely even nudged when I had my foot at the 45, and then he pushed me with my toes straight, and I fell over. 
So that, that kind of, you know, made the point to everybody there that this is kind of the right way to do it. Um, so that, that really, you know, struck a nerve with me and it really stuck with me since then. So I wanted to try to at least kind of get into that. I'd like to probably break that down a little more in the future for you guys, but, but, you know, that was kind of a, at least a good starting point. So, um, I mentioned that the tackle and the guard are supposed to be in that sort of stance. Um, and then the center, they actually, their toes are a little bit more, um, facing forward in what's called a closed stance, just because of the way that they have to align their bodies, you know, snapping the football. Um, it's just different. So the, so because of their starting points being different, the center, as opposed to the guard and tackle, that means every other movement starting from there is going to be different. So that's kind of what I tried to touch on with comparing Long and Morse. And then I went and I compared Morse and West Richburg, a guy who plays his position. Um, and I just did a little um, nuance there with Morse. His butt's kind of low in his stance. And the lower you are in your stance, some guys get so excuse me, so low in their stance, their first movement is up at the snap of the ball. And vertical movement as an offensive lineman is wasted movement because that literally does nothing for you. You're just losing leverage, and it's a second that gone that, that went by where a guy's coming at you and you're going up instead of at him or, or you know, getting to your set point. So, um, And you see that with Morse a little bit. It kind of bleeds into the film. So um, that's, that's kind of what I touched on with the stances uh, with Morris and those two comparisons. want to take a quick detour here just to uh, talk briefly about crossover football before getting back into a little bit more on Morse. Crossover football can help with coaches in terms of getting their team more, fil- more time in the film room as well as helping them to win more games. Crossover breaks down and stats out your game film. It gives you searchable clips, advanced ODK, tendency reports, and a wealth of other great info that you can access from any PC or mobile device. Your formations and personnel, they can all be labeled with your own terminology, and you can create custom highlight reels, exchange video with anyone on the platform, including all of your players, and coaches. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon to get one breakdown for free today. Brandon, talking about offensive linemen in general, uh, you often hear that linemen fall into one of two categories. They're either... Uh, you know, referred to kind of as athletic freaks, the big, strong guys that are able to just manhandle and really athletically get by at the position, or you hear them referred to more as technicians that are fundamentally sound and really rely on that technique to dominate the game. Does Morris fall into either one of those two camps, or does he display traits from both sides there? Um, well, that's, you know, in the piece I included uh, his mock draftable, little chart there comparing him with other um, offensive linemen in the draft. And he's an exceptional athlete um, pretty much all the way around. And he's a technician. So that, and so I showed the mock draftable to show that, yeah, this guy's a crazy athlete. And then I showed the film to show, yeah, this guy's a pretty crazy technician as well. Hence why I, you know, chose him to do this piece just because I think there's something there that's going to be pretty special. So um, he has offensive tackle athleticism with, you know, the interior type of nuance and technique. Um, and that's what makes him so special. So, um, but yeah, you're, you're right. I think guys get boxed into one of those and, 
you know, I tend to lean, you know, I kind of like the technicians a little bit more. I mean, the athletes rarely, rarely make it, man. I mean, if, if you're an athlete, you've got to be, become a technician. If you're a technician, you obviously can't really become an athlete too much and you can get by with that. But as an athlete, I mean, that's kind of where it's going because, you know, guys coming out of college nowadays are not really technicians per se, unless they're coming, you know, out of Alabama or Ohio State or, you know, Notre Dame or something, you know, those, those handful of schools that are running NFL style offenses. But if they're not coming from those schools, um, you, you know, the only other option really is because these guys aren't technicians and they aren't really taught how to block people. They're just going with the best athletes. And then NFL coaches are saying, okay, give me the best athlete at least. And let me try to mold him as opposed to let, I don't want to, you know, I'd rather mold somebody like that than mold a guy who isn't a technician and isn't an athlete. So a lot of these spread offenses have great athletes on the offensive line, but they're just not being taught NFL style concepts. So, um, as, especially as of late, I think that you were seeing more and more of the athlete come through and it's kind of an enigma and it's frustrating to see because these guys, they're just, they're pretty far behind technique wise, but it's kind of what makes more special. You know, he's, he's coming from Missouri. So it's, it's kind of surprising, but, um, but yeah, he's, he's a, just a really good technician as well. Looking at Morse's game, is he someone who is stronger in the run game or pass game at this point in his career? Man, that's, you know, honestly, uh, I'd probably say the run game just, and he's, he's good at both. Um, I say he's probably a little better at the run game because of what he can do in space. Um, you know, pulling and things like that. Um, he is very good in space because of that athleticism and not only because of the athleticism, because of the mental processing, um, and the, the, the understanding of the angles, um, that he displays on a consistent basis. I mean, he consistently fits on linebackers and even DBs at the second level by taking good angles. And it just, it, it, it accentuates his athleticism, um, because of the angles that he takes. And I, I just think, you know, like kind of the, the standard for, you know, pulling centers is Jason Kelsey for the Eagles, or at least he has been recently and maybe the Pouncey brothers, but I see Morse coming up in that kind of mold where he's going to be a guy you're going to see move a lot. Um, and uh, it's just a lot of fun to watch a guy like that. Cause you don't see centers do that very much, but he, he's pretty special in that regard. I, I think in that sense, he could kind of play all positions, you know, um, granted, you know, it's, it's not that easy just to say move a guy over, but he has the, the skill set and the tools to kind of play every position. It's just cool to see a guy like that at center. Cause usually you don't see athletes like that at center. So it's, it's pretty special. Brandon, we get time for one, maybe two questions here, but what are you looking for from Morse in the next season? Yeah, well, I touched on a little bit of that stance um, tweak that I would do. You know, I mean, you know, who knows, you know, who's, you know, what kind of coaching he's getting or anything like that, if that's even a priority because he played really well with the stance that is. So, you know, just raising up in his stance a little bit because he does tend to get high um, at the point of attack sometimes in pass pro because, he is raising quite a bit. Um, so you kind of see him get overpowered a little bit um, because of that. And I think some people say, 
some people will question his strength, and I, I do think he needs to get a little bit stronger, you know, a little bit more functional strength, which is naturally going to come, you know, from being in the weight room. And, you know, not that it's going to be drastic in the NFL, but I think just a little bit there. Um, and and I just think, you know, just having this a year of experience, you know, thrown in the fire from day one as a rookie at a brand-new position, um, making calls in his first NFL game, you know, they have Alex Smith back there, and he's making calls. So that says a lot about the trust that Andy Reid has in him, Alex Smith has in him. So that was impressive. And I just think, you know, he's just going to continue to just get uh, better. I think the second year is going to be quite a jump for him just based on what I saw last year. So aside from the functional strength piece and the stance, I, you know, that, that's kind. I think everything else will come with experience, honestly. Well, Brandon, I'll tell you what, uh, obviously, you know, re- really enjoyed reading this piece and going through it. I know you put a ton of work into it uh, and and honestly came out absolutely phenomenally. So to all of our listeners, if you haven't yet taken a look on at this, uh, it is up on Inside the Pylon right now. Again, it's titled Under the Microscope, Chief Center Mitch Morse. And if you're not following Brandon on Twitter, make sure you do follow him there. He can be followed. Now. Yeah. At veteran scout, because uh, honestly, you're missing one of the best offensive line guys on Twitter. So make sure you follow him, Brandon. Uh, once again, thanks for joining us. Uh, really appreciate the time tonight. All right, guys. Thanks, man. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. That is Brandon Thorne. Uh, Mark, we are done, and we are uh, over halfway done with the week now. How about that? I'm not going to do the hump day thing from that Geico commercial, but we're there, people. Good job. Good job this week. Keeping the train chugging. We are one day closer to beer o'clock on Friday. Chuck Zada, Mark Schofield, and Brandon Thorne for the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. We will see you tomorrow.